time, uh, I also represent the vineyard in a, a larger sense, our region. And I felt it was important to come up here and just say, it's good to be here as part of the family, you know? Uh, it's good to be, this is a, a part of my family, you know, that has been, I've been part of the vineyard from the very beginning. I've watched the East Coast, the vineyard grow on the East Coast from uh, two churches, actually. Uh, one in, in New York, there was a church that we started, you know, I was on the team there, and then there was another church in New England here. Uh, that, that was it, that was the vineyard. In, on the East Coast. Now we have, uh, you know, a couple hundred churches on the East Coast. So I've been part of this movement, uh, this family from the very beginning. Um, and um, I just wanted to come and, and, and say, wow, it's good to have you as part of our family. You know, and I wanted to talk this morning uh, about <coughs> um, something that's very important to the vineyard. You know, I want to talk to you about, uh, uh, as a matter of fact, if you open up your bulletin, I see you have, you know, we have these core values, we call them. And the one, the number one core value on this list is, uh, has to do with the theology and the practice of the kingdom. And I wanted to talk about that because uh, for some of you, the vineyard is new and it still is new. And this will give you a better understanding of who you, who you are now and what you are part of. Okay, uh, hopefully you'll, you'll, you'll be encouraged by this, okay? So, you know, has it ever struck you how uh, um, basically happy and content uh, uh, Jesus was as a person? I know we talk about he was a man of sorrows, and we, we, we kind of, uh, in our minds, when we think of Jesus and his vision, we think of the passion of Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane and, his, and all that, but... I think that those were uh, not the, his everyday demeanor. He was full of joy. People were attracted to him. You know, the children, you couldn't keep them away from him. You know, he was, so uh, that really, really uh, is important to, to understand. He was basically a happy person. Good to be around. Okay? And I think that's because that his life flowed straight out of his number one core value in his own life. And he passed that along to us. He said this at the end of the, the Sermon on the Mount. Remember, he wrapped it up by saying, you know, uh, seek first as your number one priority, as your number one core value of life, you know, seek First, the kingdom of God and everything that you'll ever need for a good and, and, and a fulfilling life will be given to you. And if you keep this thing at the center, number one on your list. So, you know, the kingdom of God was um, the lens through which uh, Jesus understood and experienced life uh, as a human being. Okay. It's what made him tick. Uh, it, was, it shaped him, and it motivated him. And, and so, you know, we think, often think that, you know, what was Jesus, what did he, you know, he went around, and what did he do? What did he talk about, you know? But actually, the kingdom of God was his central message. 
It was his central. It's what he talked about all the time. I used to think when I first started, when I was first introduced to Jesus, I thought, well, uh, I imagine he walked around um, talking about himself. Hey, I'm the Messiah. I'm the Son of God. Follow me. You know, I'll get you. That's not what he talked about, really. Really. Uh, I used to think, well, um, you know, he talked about how to get to heaven. Right? That's not, that's not it. The, what he talked about, what he uh, not only talked about, but he demonstrated. Jesus himself was a living demonstration, a living advertisement, uh, you know, of the kingdom of God. His parables are all about the kingdom. You know, he, you know, he was always talking about the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom. Of course, it was important. See? Matthew tells us, he gives us a little snapshot at the beginning of his gospel. He says, Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching it in the synagogues and announcing the good news about how to get to heaven. No. How to be a good person. No. The good news about the kingdom. See? And he healed every kind of disease and illness. News about him spread as far as Syria. People soon began bringing to him all who were sick. And whatever, the, um, and whatever their sickness or disease or what, if they were demon-possessed or epileptic or paralyzed, he healed them all. It was a li- he was a living demonstration of the good news of the kingdom of God. And everything he did, everything he said, was an explanation of that. See? So it, it shouldn't come as any surprise that the number one core value of the vineyard is the theology and the practice of the kingdom of God. Everything flows from that for us. That's what we're about. And so, um, it's at the heart of our genetic code. It defines and it shapes uh, who we are, what we're like. how we do things as a community of churches. You want to understand the vineyard? Get to know the kingdom of God, what that means. So what do I mean by the kingdom of God? There's lots of different ideas about what Jesus meant by the kingdom of God. Some say he's talking about heaven. Some say he's talking about the church. Some say he's talking about restored Israel. Well, we in the vineyard uh, see the kingdom in a broader sense than all of that, a more comprehensive sense than those things. You see? Uh, so let me give you a brief overview, like a snapshot of what we think, what we mean by the kingdom of God, okay? What we think the Bible presents as the kingdom of God. You know, the kingdom of God is the story 
of a creator God who you know, is in love with his creation. Okay? And sin wrecks, totals this, you know, uh, this creation, including his prized creation, mankind. Right? Satan becomes the god of this world. Okay? Creation basically is comes under his control. Creation is held captive okay, by his evil rule. Okay? But God doesn't just sit on his hands. He doesn't do nothing. He doesn't give up and say, oh, I'll trash this, forget about it. This didn't work. You know? No, he doesn't do that. Okay? He takes action. And he launches a, a new world project, you see, promising to give the, the whole created order, okay, including we human beings, okay, a complete makeover, okay, setting free and renewing from top to bottom okay, uh, this world. And so with the, with the coming of Jesus Christ, God, you know, God this, this promised world, this promised renewal, you know, this future renewal, with the coming of Jesus, that future, that promised beautiful future breaks into um, uh, this present evil age. You see? Not at the end of time, but right in the middle of time. The future breaks in with Jesus. Inaugurating this new world project. You see? That's why with Jesus, the time has come. The kingdom is here. And so Christ's death defeats the powers of evil. His resurrection uh, signals this new beginning. It's begun. The new world is present in the resurrected Jesus, and there's more to come. See? Fulfilling God's, all, God's promises. See? Establishing his rule on earth. But, and here's the, 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 the mysterious part of the, this thing, okay? but not completing it. It's begun, but it's not yet completed. Okay? And we call this, theologians call this, and we in the vineyard have gra grabbed grab this idea because it explains so much for how we experience God now. We call it the already and the not yet of the kingdom. Okay? And so you and I today, right now, in this moment, we live between the times. We are in between the times, people. We have one foot in the now and we have one foot in the not yet. And we live in a tension 
we are saved, but we're still sinners. Doesn't that drive you crazy? We pray and we see people healed, but not everybody gets healed. Doesn't that drive you crazy? Right? We, we live in this. We are perfect in Christ, yet we're not perfect people in our everyday life. Doesn't that make you crazy? Well, that's because we are in between the times. You see? There's a good illustration is, um, uh, I didn't think this up. I'm just, I stole it. I read about it. I said, this is a great illustration. And it's uh, of the, how the, the already and the not yet works is the, um, the, the illustration of D-Day and V-Day. Okay, you know, if you look at history, you know that, that D-Day was the day, 19, um, it was in June 1944. Uh, the Allied forces, you know, they launched the invasion, you know, uh, at Normandy, which after one long day of, of, of ferocious fighting, basically it was the beginning of the end. It was the end. You could say that that was the end of the Axis control. Uh, it broke the back. And one, that one day. But guess what? The war didn't end. The fighting continued. Actually, the fighting became even more ferocious. It didn't end for a whole, almost another year. May 1945 is when the surrender, when it was over. When, you know, 1944, it was the beginning of the end. 1945, you know, in Versailles, they signed the, the surrender was the end of the end. See? And in between, there was still fighting, still work to be done. And that's the way we live now. The cross was like the establishment. It was the end. The cross and the resurrection, it is finished. The enemy was good as dead, but there was still not completed. It was already, you know, broken, but not yet completed. See, and we are living in that in-between time. When Jesus comes back, that will be the end of the end. The new age will, will be fully here and completed, and we will enjoy that. Okay? So... We can define the kingdom of God. I hope you track. I hope I'm not putting you to sleep here because I, it's really important to, to understand the flow of this. You know, uh, 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 we can define the kingdom of God as the inbreaking into our world of God's kingly rule. It's the and it's the exercise of the rule and the reign of God here on earth as it is in heaven See? through our Lord Jesus Christ. See? And um, our value of this, uh, this truth, the kingdom of God, exercises major influence on us in the vineyard, as in our churches, as well as in our own individual lives. See? Let me just give you a few uh, uh, illustrations of what, how it influences us. It's not just an idea in a book. Right? It shapes, it controls, it motivates us as a people. 
first and foremost, this number one value of ours, of the kingdom of God, uh, settles the single most important issue of life. Who or what will lead us? That's the most important question. It's like Bob Dylan sang years and years ago. You got to serve somebody. You will, you know. And so this settles it. The kingdom is all about leadership. See, who we will follow, who directs our life. See, uh, in the Roman world. The gospel was this royal announcement that, you know, these victories that Caesar's armies, you know, when they would conquer a land and everything, there would be this, this, uh, these messengers would go out and declare the gospel, the good news that, you know, Caesar is Lord, conqueror. He is the savior of the world, you know. And um, the gospel of the kingdom now is the announcement that the crucified and risen Jesus is the true king and lord of the universe. See, you know, we hail him lord and we trust him as savior, not Caesar, not the almighty dollar, not the gods of materialism, sex, or any other gods that are in the world. See, we recognize Jesus now as king. That's the gospel, the good news. See? He's the leader of our lives, the head of our community, the church. See, it's, a, it's decided for us. He leads. We are, willi- we are his willing subjects. See, you take this seriously. That's what you're saying. You know, we are his servants. See, he's the boss. He has the final say. He has the final say in all matters pertaining life. He's our leader. That's the number one thing that the kingdom settles in our life. Another thing is that it gives us hope, you know, that, that, that should make us helpful and cheerful and encouraging people to be around, you know. Actually, having a Christian as a neighbor should be a piece of good news. I, I got a Christian for a neighbor. They are the most loving, helpful people in the world. I'm so glad they live next door to me. Really. Why? Because we are kingdom people. It's our number one value. There's, you see, there's little reason. You know, I don't have to convince anybody here. There is little reason for optimism these days, right? Heroes are rare. The blind seem to be leading the blind, right? And as, so as kingdom people, you know, we don't think we're better than other people. We don't think that we have all the answers, but we do have a leader and a hope. See? At a time where people are like sheep without a shepherd. This gives us direction in life and a bright future to look forward to. Even though things are 
crazy these days. We're heading, where are we heading? (coughs) Despite all that we see around us, we are heading for resurrection. See? We are heading for a new world. So, with so much doom and gloom to contend with, this, the kingdom, at the at the center of our lives, they should make us generally confident and upbeat and pleasant people to be around. I, I really believe that. <laughs> we this makes us a community of of hope. You know, in a in a dark, despairing world. Light, you know, a city on a hill. Light in, 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 in the darkness. So we could, we, even with all the nutty stuff and the crazy stuff and the dangerous stuff that's going on in the world, we can have a smile on our face and we can sleep at night. Another thing, it forms the basis of naturally supernatural spirituality you know, that uh, is a distinctive of vineyard people. See, and that, it, it, that we, we can be a naturally supernatural people that don't scare unbelievers, <laughs> don't weird people out there. There's no manipulation. There's no hype, you know. Now, see, <coughs> we recognize because of the king that, that, that why we're not yet what we should be or what we will be when the kingdom is complete, God is nevertheless, you know, already at work in and through our lives. Okay? Of course, we understand the kingdom. See? We are already and not yet people. And God is already now giving us his spirit. Which is, which is, the life of the future, age, living in us now, see? And the Spirit has given us, you know, uh, he's given us his Spirit. He's given us the call to, to live as his representatives here in the world right now, see? But we're not yet complete and perfected. We're just, you know, we're really normal people, see? We, we're still human. Sinners living by grace. But we d- and, and here's the cool thing that I found freeing for me, you know, and attractive, which kind of one of the things that drew me to, to start hanging out with, with people like John Wimber and some of the early leaders of the vineyard was that we don't have to be super spiritual or holier than thou for God to accept us, you know. We can act normal and be ourselves and still be used by God to do extraordinary, even miraculous things that Jesus did. And I could still be Mike Vigiani. I love that. I can be naturally Mike, supernaturally doing the things and living like Jesus did. To me, I can do that.
And so it influences how we live now. Our, our attitudes and our behavior now anticipate, you know, our own eventual, our own resurrection and the kind of life that we'll eventually be living in the age to come. We can start now. You see? As subjects of the kingdom of God, we're encouraged to live here and now in the ways that, that kind of point that reflect, you know, the way we will live perfectly in the kingdom when it's fully come. As I said, God's future has already burst into the present time with Jesus. And with the help of the Spirit, we can start implementing that future in our daily lives. Here and now. Counting ourselves dead to sin. Living a life worthy of our calling. Setting our hearts on the things above. Taking off the old self, and putting on the new self, loving our neighbors, forgiving our enemies. Living like Jesus lived and doing the things that Jesus did. Now. Bearing, you could say that we, we can start bearing fruit from a tree that is planted in the future. And so we live expectantly, knowing that we can be invaded by that future at any moment, any time, any place. The future, the kingdom can break in. God can show up in our daily lives at any time. We can expect in our just our in the midst of our daily routines, we can expect inbreakings of the kingdom, accompanied by people getting saved, people getting healed, people being delivered from a demonic uh, uh, captivity. You know, even miracles right in the course of our daily routines. You know, on the job, at school, family gatherings. You know, the kingdom can break in unexpectedly. That's an adventure. That's why we live expectantly. What, what are you going to do today? You know, it's a new day, Lord. Show me what you're doing. Where are you breaking in? I want to be part of that. See? And this keeps us alert and on our toes for ministry opportunities that are created by these inbreakings. And so here in the vineyard, we call this in-the-moment ministry. See? Of the spirit, and and so, <coughs> you know, we we it, it d- defines the nature and the mission of the church for us. That's the other thing, you know. We are a community with a cause, with a purpose. Jesus said, "Go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching these new disciples to obey all." The th- commands I have given you, and and be sure of this: I am always, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. We see the the in the vineyard. We see the church as a band of activists, with everyone getting a chance to play 
rather than just be an audience on Sundays. Okay? For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do, the works of the kingdom. Okay? We believe that every follower of Jesus has been given the Spirit in order that every believer can make a contribution. And that's why we, we emphasize helping members, helping you, each one of you, you know, find their place in the body. Discover your gifts, your role, you know. That's why we put so much emphasis on equipping. That's why you have a, a thing like the kingdom school, the, the school of ministry. That's what it's all about. It flows out of our number one core value of the kingdom of God and equipping people to, to participate in that. So all this is, the, is why Jesus encouraged us, you know, to seek first the kingdom of God. And, and when you do this, you see, you're suddenly gripped by something beyond yourself. You become part of something really big, okay? the cause of Christ in this world today, the most important thing that's going on in the world, you know, more important than, than world peace, more important than national security, more important than those important things is the kingdom of God, you see? And we, you know, we, we become, we, as we allow the kingdom to grip, grip our lives, as we make it our number one core value, we become we as individuals, but we as a corporate body, a community here in Laconia, you become something new, something that is transformative and life-changing in the world around you. New creation, happy, content people with an eternal purpose like Jesus was. Right? We become salt and light in a tasteless, a dark, tasteless, decaying world around us, like Jesus was. Right? A force of love, reconciliation, healing, justice, like Jesus was. And we make the, the, when we make the kingdom our number one core value, God places his mark on us, the Holy Spirit, okay? a sign that we belong to him, a sign that his promised future okay, is on its way. Hold in there. Hang in there. Here's a little taste. Here's a little deposit. All those things that you're hoping for, all these things are not just words in a book. It's not a fantasy. It's not a wish dream. This is really going to happen. There's a new world, and it's, it's coming to life right under your nose, and it will be complete one day. You see? Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who was a deposit guaranteeing 
inheritance. What is this inheritance? A million bucks? <laughs> a new world. Okay. He puts his mark on us. His powerful personal presence. A down payment guaranteeing our inheritance. A taste of God's promised new future world. Okay. Empowering us to live out that future here and now. Okay. Naturally supernatural people that reach the lost, heal the sick, free the demonized, care for the poor. Okay. So, good. Let's stand. With that in mind, okay, with this in mind, let's stand in the presence of our King, in the presence of our Lord, and reaffirm, you know, and, and, and reaffirm our commitment to making the kingdom of God the single most important thing in our lives. Okay? And let me, th let me just say this. As we do this, I believe that the Holy Spirit will come. He's here already. He's going to come with his seal once again to remind you who you belong to. To remind you that you'll get everything God has planned for you. Okay? Including a whole new world in which to enjoy, praise, and serve him forever. Come, Holy Spirit.